something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jordan Gonsalves, and I'm a journalist. Join me on my new podcast, But We Loved, coming May 15th, where queer elders recount the amazing history they've lived through. In the middle of Wall Street, they stopped traffic. They were doing a die-in. And in the process share little gems of wisdom for the next generation. The key is to understanding yourself, learning to love and embrace yourself. You can listen to But We Loved May 15th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Kurt Woodsmith. You remember me from such TV comedies as That 70s Show and That 90s Show on Netflix. I'll never forget the words that my grandfather said just before he kicked the bucket. He said, watch how far I can kick this bucket. People ask me where I get my dad jokes from. I tell them to listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Listen to Daily Dad Jokes every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's a podcast about podcasts about Welcome to the Pod Club. Some of the most compelling podcasts of the past year have taken a deep dive into real-life scandals with huge legal ramifications. They're true crime, but less murder and more charismatic leaders. Details of these stories infiltrate our culture at every level. Everywhere you go, people are talking about them. But where can you go for a definitive take? How can we start to understand what's really going on behind the headlines? There's plenty of coverage of these stories in the content universe, but I will argue that podcasts are the absolute best medium to truly understand these legal dramas and the ramifications that they have on the rest of the world. And maybe on us. See, there's a much greater intimacy when you can hear testimony and interviews and follow along with the drama like a real insider. I love that feeling of being a behind the scenes expert when other people are just reading about something on Twitter. And if this genre of podcast is brand new to you, well, you've come to the right place to get started. I absolutely loved the new season of The Dropout. Last year, ABC's chief business, technology, and economics correspondent, Rebecca Jarvis, along with producers Taylor Dunn and Victoria Thompson, brought us right inside the trial of Elizabeth Holmes. Previously on The Dropout. Elizabeth Holmes returned to the stand, presenting herself as a true believer in her company. Her whole presentation is a study in contrasts and contradictions, because on the one hand, they're showing her to be naive and trusting. And yet when you have her testify, she is clearly in control of the technology and she understands it in great depth. She admitted to altering documents and reframed the narrative repeatedly blaming others and citing trade secrets as an excuse for alleged deceptions. Sure, the ingredients in Coke are a trade secret. What Coke does not do is go buy a whole trailer full of Pepsi and put it in Coke cans. 
We also saw the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Breakdown podcast return with host Bill Rankin to examine the case of Ahmaud Arbery. Then we start getting into what we have now with individuals coming into the courtroom. I will say that is directly in response, Mr. Goff, to statements you made, which I find reprehensible. You have no idea what he was afraid of at that point in time, correct? Well, there's a man holding a shotgun out there. Right. So could have been afraid of being shot. And there was a man following him in a pickup truck. What were you thinking at that moment? I was thinking of my son. It sounds weird, but that was the first first thing that hit me. Another podcast that I recently binged was Chasing Guillen from investigative reporter Vicki Ward. I finished it around the time that the trial of Guillen Maxwell was just heating up and re-listened after Maxwell was convicted on December 29th. If you don't know about the trial, let me catch you up. Guillen Maxwell was a longtime associate of the financier Jeffrey Epstein. Epstein committed suicide while in federal custody on charges of sex trafficking underage girls. In 2020, Maxwell was charged by the federal government of the United States with the crimes of enticement of minors and sex trafficking of underage girls related to her association with Jeffrey Epstein. These allegations have all been denied by Maxwell. Vicki Ward's podcast, Chasing Guillen, didn't just follow the recent trial. Instead, Ward truly took us behind the scenes to chronicle her own 19-year quest to uncover who and what was behind Jeffrey Epstein's wealth and influence. Ward has been writing about Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell before anyone even knew who they were. And she has hundreds of hours of interviews with them. Amidst all of the bold-faced names that come up in this story, and there are so many of them, the saga really does revolve around Ghislaine Maxwell, Jeffrey Epstein's ex-lover, former employee, and alleged co-conspirator. Ghislaine Maxwell is arguably the most hated woman in the world. And I knew her. As British expats living in the United States, our social circles overlapped. But when I began reporting on Jeffrey Epstein nearly 20 years ago, I didn't even know that they were a couple, let alone what was allegedly going on beneath the surface. I'm Vicky Ward. I'm a veteran journalist, and in my reporting for Vanity Fair magazine back then... I stumbled on sexual allegations from two brave young women against Geoffrey and Ghislaine. I'm going to tell you why those claims never made it into print. One big reason? Geoffrey Epstein. After I finished listening to this Audible original podcast, which is only available on the Audible app, I just had to call Vicki Ward herself to talk about it. I started out by asking Vicki why her podcast was called Chasing Ghislaine instead of calling it Chasing Geoffrey. A year ago after Jeffrey Epstein had died, I sort of realized that there was this massive untold story and that she was the key to it. And that the story that really hadn't been told was about the world of men. We knew about the women. We knew about his alleged horrific sexual crimes. We knew that she'd been charged with aiding him The mystery of who he really was, 
I sort of reckoned Ghislaine held the keys to, that there were a lot of people who were wondering if her arrest and subsequent trial were going to shed some, some light on that. And that I had all this material because of what I knew, because of these conversations that I'd had with him, which in hindsight I realized had left me breadcrumbs because like all sort of sociopaths and narcissists, he couldn't help but boast. Um, and in amidst all the lies he told me, there were some kernels of truth. And so I sort of thought, you know, this was a great moment to take the knowledge and the reporting that I'd had for the last 20 years, as you say, and go out and re-report it sort of through using Guylaine as the gateway to this invisible world of male power. I love, love, love that line. The invisible world of male power. The world of Jeffrey Epstein, as we now know, included men like Bill Gates, Bill Clinton, Prince Andrew, and a lot of Vicky's reporting focused on how Jeffrey Epstein, along with the help of Ghislaine Maxwell, was able to bring those kinds of men into his circle. Now, Ghislaine might well know secrets that sound like they belong in a Tom Clancy novel, and yet they're real. She could know, for example, where Jeffrey hid money, possibly money stolen from wealthy people. I think she probably knows a lot about the money. Uh, she was obviously very close to Epstein. He confided in her. She could know about his extraordinary global network, one that most unusually connected leaders of a whole range of different cultures and worlds, but in the shadows. Someone like an Epstein would also have this facility to link different networks. What that means is also that he's protected or would be protected by various people. So you're sitting on this insanely huge treasure trove of information. Do you think you could have done this podcast and this whole project if Jeffrey Epstein were still alive? Gosh, well, I think it's very difficult to answer the question if Jeffrey Epstein were still alive because... Of course, were he still alive, we don't know what would have happened in a trial of his. You know, I do know from sources close to his defence team that they, believe it or not, believed they could get him off. Um, you know, and, and, and given the twists and the turns of this extraordinary story and the amount of influence that we know Jeffrey Epstein actually had, I don't dismiss that lightly. Were there any parts of the podcast that you particularly were either nervous about or excited to finally get out there? I mean, listening to your and you you had someone reading the transcripts um, yeah. of your interviews with Jeffrey Epstein, but listening to them, I mean, my God, this man was a sociopath, and you can just hear it in his words. Are there any of those segments that you're like, Gosh, I'm so glad that people can finally hear these things that this man said to me. Yes, because I think that, you know, I, I have said and written in the past that he threatened me. But I think that until you hear him actually do it and you hear how he does it and you hear him, first of all, try to charm me and then you hear the charm turn to these 
threats. And then you sort of hear him go around my back, basically, to my editors and my bosses. You don't understand, I don't think, the genius manipulator that he was. And that's really one of the key messages that I wanted the podcast to convey, that Jeffrey Epstein wasn't just a sexual predator, that he was an extraordinary con artist, that he was an embezzler, that he was most likely a spy wielding influence campaigns. He was an arms dealer. Um, he was all sorts of uh, bizarre things. But that the key to his success was that he was able to manipulate and ultimately con, I call it the, the three-pronged strategy, charm, control, and then con. And if he was able to do it with me, and, and what I hope the sort of the conversations with me, the reenactment shows, is how he honed in on my vulnerability. Back when Vicky was interviewing Jeffrey nearly two decades ago, her vulnerability was that she was in the midst of a high-risk pregnancy with twins. And during their interviews, Epstein knew that he could hone in on that. You don't want some man asking you, you know, about or, or you know where you're giving birth, discussing your vaginal canal, uh, you know, saying, you know, if I don't like this piece, I'm going to have a witch doctor place a hex on your unborn children. You don't like him then involving, you know, your husband's boss and threatening to get your husband's uh, fired. You don't like... You know, your job security is particularly matters to you at that moment. And, you, you know, when he says, you know, I'm going to sue you personally, this is personal. It takes on all sorts of connotations that I think, you know, if, if one weren't pregnant, one might feel a bit, a bit more resilient about. Um, and, but what it really did was break down all, all sense of normal barriers. I mean, it was, I mean, somebody once said to me, it's like, you know, Hannibal Lecter and Clarice Starling listening to those exchanges. And, you know, that, that may be a bit melodramatic, but there, there, there was a sense that he was totally in control, that there was, this, there was this incredible personal battle going on between us. I want you to be clear. My relationship with you is friendly. If you Jeffrey, I'm doing this as a job. This is not. You might not. You shouldn't risk your future as a job. I don't think it's extreme at all to say it is Hannibal Lecter with Clarice Starling, because right. that is exactly how I felt when I was listening to the reenactments of your transcripts with him. This is a man who's one very charismatic. He also knows how to flatter oh, yeah. in in, the, in these interviews, but then he also knows how to just nail you where it hurts. It's like, and so when he's talking about your high-risk pregnancy and threatening your livelihood, all I could hear in my head was Hannibal Lecter saying, Clarice, can you hear the lamb screaming? Right. Right. Well, and I think that that's what those conversations show. And, you know, we do, we do now still live with this question, you know, how on earth could Jeffrey Epstein get into the orbit of Bill Gates, of Prince Andrew, of, you know, Leon Black, you know, one of the richest men in the world, you know, Bill Clinton, we know, you know, how did he do it? And to some degree, I think that the conversations with me show that he had this extraordinary ability to get under your skin, 
whether he was playing nice or nasty. Again, I have reports here about you, your husband. I have everything under the sun that was sent to me by people who want to be helpful, and I have no interest in any of it. (laughs) Well, that's very interesting. Scandal, gossip, and intrigue. Uh, That's one of the quotes I have sitting in front of me, so I assume that's not the case here. You have a pretty good idea of who I am, even though you haven't seen me face to face. Here's a message. Tell her if she would like to get her kids in a good school, the article would be good. You know, your husband would want to keep his job, so you're not going to be crazy. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, a daily podcast from Hello Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. Every weekday, we bring you conversations with the culture makers who inspire us. Like our recent episode with Hollywood royalty Regina and Raina King. We talked about the creative power of women's relationships. I feel like, thank God for women. Like, especially when it comes to Black women, the way we lean on our mothers, our grandmothers, our sisters, our friends, we're just each other's pulse. I mean, it's molecular, you know? Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. I think podcast is really the perfect medium for this because in a lot of ways, these reenactments would just, I don't know if they would be as powerful in any other medium. I'm definitely not just reading them. Like, I think you have to hear his words to like have it really hit you like a dagger in the gut to get what he's saying. I think that's completely right. I think that's completely right. And you then, you then get the whole impact of his power, actually. And you realise, you know, why not only these powerful men 
could be uh, susceptible to him, why I was vulnerable to him. But I mean, if I, who was, you know, a 33-year-old reporter who was used to dealing with tricky subjects, nothing, nothing like this uh, ever before, but you do realise how these poor children from poor backgrounds wouldn't have stood a hope and so for me one of the one of the sort of great moments of the podcast when I say great I mean I suppose most poignant but but effective in a way of showing rather than telling actually what happened is when I talked to Jennifer Arose her father had died of AIDS she couldn't afford lunch money she was being recruited she still doesn't know the name of her recruiter and you know, she was uh, at the age of 15 raped by Jeffrey at exactly the same moment that I am reporting on him and he's pushing back on me. You hear those exchanges. Well, you know, what have you got about the girls? You know, again and again, what have you got about the girls? I mean, hey, Vicky, you can't possibly be doing a profile on me unless you're talking about girls. Well, of course, girls didn't at that point to me necessarily mean underage women because I was hearing in my reporting about these parties but with young models but nobody said well they're they're under the age of 18 and it it wasn't that extraordinary a concept to have a rich New York guy have have models to dinners or to drinks Jennifer was was so vulnerable after what happened, that she was unable to tell her mother why she had suddenly dropped out of that school and chosen to go to, you know, a less prestigious school much closer to her home in Queens. She didn't tell anyone. There was no hotline. There was no lawyers. She was far too... She would never have dared phone a journalist. And so you... Again, I think to your point, Joe, about the sort of medium of the podcast, you hear the difference, you you know, it's right there in front of you. You hear his conversations with me. You then hear her account, his conversations with her, and you you sort of feel, as a result, the complete dire helplessness of, of everybody around this man. I can't say it enough. I think that this podcast just brings us into this world in a way that no other article that I have read about Jeffrey Epstein has done because it is so emotional, because it does talk about the power of the men and the mistreatment of the women. And also, to your credit, because I think you are so vulnerable in this and just raw and honest and authentic. And I also want to say, I don't think that a man, a male podcaster, reporter, could have done what you did with this subject Um in a way that was as powerful. I think that it just, you had to make this podcast and you're the one that made it made it so wonderful. So thank you for bringing it into the world. Oh, well, that, that's very nice of you to say, Joe. Um, you know, it was, <laughs> I, you know, I, it was uh, not without moments of great difficulty. I mean, it's, it is personal. It's, the story is much more complicated than I think people... You know, I think the tendency among reporters has been to simplify it and uh, to simplify him. 
and possibly to simplify Ghislaine Maxwell and um, um, the you know you know the truth is rarely as simple as it seems. You did such a wonderful job, and just and listening to listening to you talk about you know everything you went through, it just it adds to it so much. Like I said, I don't think this could have been anything but a podcast. Well, I really coming from you guys, I really appreciate that. Vicky is a gem. But that is not all we have for you today. I've got one more. It's another podcast that forces us to reckon with the issues of toxic masculinity, privilege, wealth, and hero worship. It's called False Idol. Now, I'm not a sports person, or I'm not a sports fan, I should say. I like, I like watching the sports. But I love, love good stories and good reporting about sports and the people who compete in them. At their heart, sports stories are stories about life and humanity and the very best and worst of all of us. And Tim Rohan's new podcast, False Idol, is no exception to that rule. False Idol takes us all the way back to Valentine's Day 2013. That's the day that South African Paralympian Oscar Pistorius murdered his girlfriend, Riva Steenkamp. When this story originally broke nearly 10 years ago, so much of it was centered on Pistorius himself. Falsado moves his victim, Riva Steenkamp, into the spotlight in a way that feels incredibly necessary and well overdue. Tim Rohan has constructed an intricate narrative that reminds us of the dangers of building men into gods and the myriad ways that they inevitably disappoint us. Oscar Pistorius was considered the greatest Paralympian of all time. He was a sprinter from South Africa who ran on two carbon fiber legs. People around the world celebrated him, idolized him. They knew him simply as the Blade Runner. Here goes Pistorius, look at him go. Oscar Pistorius absolutely storming away. In 2012, he made history when he became the first amputee sprinter to compete at the Olympic Games. How does it feel to be an inspiration the entire world over? Times Magazine says you're one of the 100 most influential people in the world. Then, six months later, everything changed. The South African police have charged Oscar Pistorius with murder. The Olympic athlete was... On Valentine's Day 2013, Pistorius shot and killed his girlfriend, Riva Steenkamp. The public was captivated by the story, this former hero, and his fall from grace. But in the ensuing media circus, we lost sight of the serious issues at stake here and the real people involved. People like Riva Steenkamp. She was like a mother lion. She was protective and strong and fierce and loving. This was someone's daughter, but she was not important enough despite the fact that she was brutally murdered. At the end of last year, I got to chat with Tim Rohan about why he decided to make this podcast so long after Pistorius's crime. I love the name False Idol. It's such a good name for a podcast. So giant kudos on that. <laughs> uh, I, I wanted to start off by asking you why this story now, I mean, it happened years ago. Uh, it's disappeared from a lot of our memories. I. I do have to say that there was so much about it that I didn't know. But why did you decide to revisit this particular story right now during a year when, you know, during this dumpster fire of a year, actually? What we wanted to do in making this podcast was revisit this story, but tell it from a different perspective. We wanted to focus on Reva Steenkamp, 
the woman whose life was tragically cut short, and, and also the other victims in the story, uh, the people who Pistorius impacted along the way. And also, uh, if you you know look at the story closer, there's a lot of important themes at play here. Hero worship, toxic masculinity, gender-based violence, uh, race and privilege in post-apartheid South Africa. What is the biggest takeaway that you want people to have from this podcast? The biggest takeaway I want people to have is I I think, yeah, I I hope that you come away with a a new perspective on on this tragedy, a new perspective on Oscar Pistorius and Riva Steenkamp. I hope you learn more about who Riva Steenkamp was as a person. You know, we, we dedicate an episode to telling her story in full. And, you know, along the way, we're, we're trying to center her uh, in the story, uh, which maybe hasn't been done as much in the past. I hope uh, our listeners, you know, really think about how we treat our sports heroes and how, uh, how much we idolize them. And, you know, I, like I said, how that causes us to overlook certain things about them. So, I, you know, I think they're going to come away with a different perspective on this story knowing more about Reva Steenkamp and also doing some hard thinking about, you know, gender-based violence, toxic masculinity, hero worship, and these themes that are at play. Well, I definitely think they will. So everyone can listen to False Idol right now. As you said, it's seven episodes, right? Yep. Yep. Seven episodes. Available available wherever you listen to podcasts, right? All the places. all, the, all, all the, the places, all the, normal all the places, um, wherever you get your podcast. Thank you very much, Tim. This has been wonderful. Thank you so much. And, and thanks so much for having me. It was really, really great talking and can't wait to listen to the pod club. This sounds like a great, great idea. It is a great idea. If I do say so myself. Now let's do a quick recap of what we recommended for you today. Chasing Gilan is an audible original, so be sure to listen to it there. You're not going to find it anywhere else. Other podcasts we talked about this week include The Dropout, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Breakdown Podcast, and False Idol. The Pod Club is hosted by me, Joe Piazza. Our executive producers are me and Emily Marinoff. Our producer is Mary Dew. Our associate producer is Lauren Phillip. Mixing by Emily Marinoff and Mary Dew. Our theme song and additional music were composed by Aaron Kaufman. Aaron Kaufman is also our consulting producer. Special thanks to Nikki Tor and to my husband, Nick, who sang the original It's a Podcast about podcasts about podcasts. Thanks for joining the pod club. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jordan Gonsalves, and I'm a journalist. Join me on my new podcast, But We Loved, coming May 15th. 
where queer elders recount the amazing history they've lived through. In the middle of Wall Street, they stopped traffic. They were doing a die-in. And in the process, share little gems of wisdom for the next generation. The key is to understanding yourself, learning to love and embrace yourself. You can listen to But We Loved May 15th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Kurt Woodsmith. You remember me from such TV comedies as That 70s Show and That 90s Show on Netflix. I'll never forget the words that my grandfather said just before he kicked the bucket. He said, watch how far I can kick this bucket. People ask me where I get my dad jokes from. I tell them to listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Listen to Daily Dad Jokes every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.